Hi, you're listening to a podcast brought to you by the teaching team at New Life in North Lincolnshire. New Life is committed to helping transform people and transform places through the love and power of Jesus Christ. We hope you, in some small way, will be blessed and transformed by this message. Good morning. Good morning. How is everyone? Good. I just <laughs> one of the things I was thinking about just yesterday. I was thinking about preparing or preparing this, or thinking about uh, the sermon, and then just in in worship. One of the things I love about this church um, is just that sense of when you come in here and we're worshiping. There's that. <sighs> yes, we take it seriously. We're worshiping the King of Kings, yeah. But there's that rest, that ease. I feel, and there's a great verse in in Matthew where Jesus talks about, come to me all you who, who are weary. And in the message it talks about the unforced rhythms of grace. And hopefully I, I, you feel that too, that sense of, yeah, this is serious business, we're worshipping Jesus, amen? But there's a rest, there's, a, there's not that striving. And I just love that sense of ease that can come in this place. But that's not really what I'm talking about, but I just want to hopefully for for everyone here today to feel that sense of, yes, we're here together, we're doing serious things, of thinking about, you know, these weighty issues of life and talking this morning about Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again, but there's that joy that should come from what we're talking about. And so it's my uh, privilege to talk to us this morning about this message, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. And I uh, walk into church this morning when my son, he was talking about, yeah, but it's Christmas coming. Uh, we talk about resurrection at Easter. Well, um, we talk about resurrection all the time uh, because whatever goes on in church, whatever we think, whatever we talk about, whatever we believe, everything comes back to the resurrection. Everything comes back to this central truth because uh, Russ mentioned these verses a few weeks ago uh, in, in the series that we were doing. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 13, uh, 13 and 14, it says this, If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised... Uh, I shouldn't have looked away then. And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. That's pretty straightforward to understand. If Jesus has not been raised, what are we doing here? It's useless because the central truth of what we believe as Christians is that Jesus died, he rose again. And he is coming back. We'll hear about that next week. There's enough to go at, trust me, with resurrection. So everything that we believe, everything that we are about comes back to this central idea. Jesus rose from the dead. And you might be thinking, well, why is that important? Why does it really matter? And trust me, there were people who've tried to reason out, you know, maybe we could just say that it was a story that people told or... We don't need to deal with all that supernatural stuff. Why is it really important, though, that we stand here and we, and we say and we confess together, Jesus was raised from the dead in bodily resurrection? Why does that matter? Because you know what? In the Bible, there's not lots of examples of it, but there are people who Jesus rose 
they, they were dead and they rose again. One of the most notable, I guess, and if you're aware, if you have any understanding of the Bible, you might know this story. One of the most notable examples is a guy called Lazarus. All right, so this is in John's Gospel, and it's really interesting because uh, Jesus hears that he's sick, and the disciples are saying, maybe we should go and visit him, and Jesus says, no, we're going to wait, and then he dies. And then Jesus goes, and he calls Lazarus out the tomb. Okay, so you might know this story. So there's this example, this story, except we're not sat here today saying, Lazarus has died, Lazarus is risen, are we? Lazarus will come again. No, we don't say that. We say Christ has risen. Yeah? And so why is it important that we talk about Christ has risen? Christ has risen from the dead, not Lazarus. And to understand that, we've got to do a bit of, or we've got to get an understanding of the bigger story that is going on. Okay, so this morning, we're going to do a bit of history. I don't know how you felt about history in school, uh, but stay with me. You're going to love it. Uh, We're going to do some theology as well, because I love that sort of stuff. So I hope you're excited. If you are bleary-eyed from being at parties yesterday, uh, you've got to switch on now, because we're going into it. But one of the things that we have in our family... Um, and I think Dean has mentioned this is in one of her sermons before, is that when I tell a story, bullet points, that's all you need, yeah? Who's with me on that? Okay, how's your day been? Been fine. That's it. When Dina comes to tell a story, we have to have context. On, <laughs> yeah, all right. You can see a divide here in the room. We have to have context. Now, uh, uh, in... Um, In a few days' time, we're getting together as a family. My mother-in-law was 70 the other day, and uh, we're getting together on Tuesday for a bit of a party. And when uh, Dina's mum, Dina and her sister get together and start telling stories, oh my goodness, there are multiple threads that you've got to keep track of. Me and my brother-in-law were sat there, we're like, hang on, I thought we were talking about work. We now want to holidays, and on my days, there's there's a lot to keep a hold of, okay? So I I have to really switch on then as well, uh, because you can have multiple strands. Okay, now what we've got to understand is that when it comes to Jesus rising from the dead, is there is a much bigger story that's going on. And it's all to do with the story of Israel that God started through Abraham saying, I want to call you to be my chosen people. And listen, don't worry, I'm not going to do the whole story of Israel for you now. Okay, but you can read the Old Testament (laughs) and you can find it out. But there is a much bigger story that unfolds. And then where it gets to is this stage where the people of Israel, the Jews, We're thinking, what is going to happen? How is God going to come and sort everything out? We're living in this land that has now been occupied by Romans. We want God to come and deliver us, to save us, to put things right. How is that going to come about? And there were all sorts of stories and things that were happening at that time. And some people talked about resurrection and some people talked about the Messiah. And then Jesus comes onto the scene. Jesus comes into that story And he does some amazing things. And what we've got to understand, I don't know if you like watching those films where you get a twist at the end or those TV programs where you get a bit of a twist at the end. By the way, has enough time passed for us to have got over uh, Line of Duty? Uh, You know, it wasn't really a twist at the end. We were all expecting this big reveal and it was like, ah, and uh, it was flat. So, um, and apologies if you haven't watched that, okay? Uh, Because I've just ruined it for you. But, and... uh, 
but you know, we watch these films and, and suddenly there's a twist at the end. And we've got to understand this. No, people weren't walking around thinking, oh yeah, the Messiah is going to come and he's going to live this kind of humble life and then he's going to die and then he's going to rise again. That wasn't what they were expecting. There was a twist in the story. Jesus did something that was different. And so in Romans, verses, uh, the, the opening of the letter to, to Romans, Paul writes these words. Uh, this letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle, and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through the prophets in the Holy Scriptures. And these are the verses to pay attention to. The good news is about his son. In his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line. And he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Why does resurrection matter? Because it showed, why are we here saying Jesus is risen, not Lazarus is risen? It's because it shows that Jesus is the Messiah. Because he came and he lived and he did amazing things. And then he died. And what would have happened? Because other people had come along, they'd tried to say, you know, I'm the Messiah, and then they'd been killed or something had happened. Everyone had just gone back to their normal lives or found another Messiah. But the disciples realized something different has happened. Jesus has risen. And that should be evident enough for us that they really believe that this actually occurred. Not that they just thought, oh, let's make this story up or let's try and pretend that it's happened because they weren't expecting it. So they genuinely, they believed Jesus is risen from the dead. And it's not just because of that moment, but because of all that he'd said in his life and all that he'd done, then he'd been crucified in this way that people weren't expecting. God died. Jesus died, took our sin, and then he rose. And we've got to understand that is where we put our hope. So why does resurrection matter? Because for the people of Israel, there's this twist. There's this reframing of the story of Israel. And then the early Christians, they start to look at the scriptures. They start to look at the Old Testament and they realize, yeah, God was telling us this all along. And they reframe the story around Jesus, who was the Messiah. And we sit here today because they understood Jesus is the one who we trust that God was going to send to start to put things right. To put things so that we could live as God intended us to live. And I say start to put things right because ultimately we're going to see the fullness of that and we'll probably hear a bit about that next week when God will make all things new. But right now we're living here. So the first thing about why resurrection matters is it reframes the story of Israel. And they, and they centered everything on Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ. I know we don't often talk about the Messiah that often. You know, it's not always a, a, a title we use. But the early Christians, and like us here today, we believe Jesus is the one who is risen. So it reframes the story of Israel. But there's more for why resurrection matters to us. And it's because it reframes, it helps us in reframing freedom. And I want to illustrate something to us, okay? So I'm going to ask for some people to come and help me. So first of all, Dan, can you come up? And um, I want us to think this morning about freedom, okay? Dan, you can come here. Now listen, for those of you who were here a few weeks ago, you're not going to get anything strapped to you. You're not going to wiggle your backside or anything like that. Okay. (laughs) Um, I mean, you can if you like. So, um, 
Now, this is the way, and I've got some useful props that I've stolen from NLK. Please forgive me, Elena. So this is the way that we normally think about sin and forgiveness, okay? So these are representing sins, all right? So things we do wrong. So Dan here, he is a naughty sinner, and uh, he lives his life. Now, this is how we tend to think about it. So he does something wrong, he's got sins, he's done something else wrong, he is very bad. And, oh, I'm dropping them. Here we go. So he keeps collecting them up. Okay, so now Dan is here. He's got all these sins, these things. Now, we might not realize that because I get that most of us don't walk around thinking, oh, I'm, I'm a sinner. But he comes to church one day. He hears us talking about Jesus, and he realizes, I need to do something about this. I need forgiveness. I need Jesus to take my sin. And so what happens is we normally think about it in this way. Jesus died. He took our sin, and then Dan lives a new life. That's the way that we often talk about it. Absolutely fine. It's part of the story. But there is a bit more to it than that. Okay, so this is what happens, and I need a couple of other people to help me. So, Dina, Russ, would you mind? I'm afraid you've got the... Dan, you come in the middle. Right, okay. So just grab. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here we go. Now, Russ here, he is sin. He's light subject for us this morning. (laughs) And Dina is death, all right? I know it's not very pleasant to think about, but actually this is the way that Paul talks about it in Romans. He says that before we were Christians, we were held by the power of sin and death, all right? We're held by the power of sin and death, and because we're held by that power, now Dan has no control. He moves around, and he, he's, he's forced into this life of sin. Can you hold these? He holds them. You can hold them like that. There. So he's held by the power of sin and death. But this is what Jesus, or what Paul talks about when he talks about the resurrection. He says that Jesus came to break the power of sin and death. So now they're gone. They're gone. Okay? Give it up for sin and death. For (laughs) Dina and Russ. Okay, so now Dan is free. The power of sin and death is broken. That is what the resurrection did for us. Now, because Dan is free, he's got a choice. Before, when he's held, he doesn't have a choice. He's moved by those things. But now, he's free. You are free. You can do what you like. You can go and sit down, actually. So you can do what you like. And this is what Paul says, just to illustrate it, in Romans chapter 6. He says this. Um, since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. We were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. 
That is the story. That is why resurrection matters. Not because we just get this, this forgiveness here, you know, take my sins, plural, but we're free from the power of sin and death. We get to walk in a new life. Now, there's a challenge for us as the people of God in all of this. Because guess what? Later on in this chapter, Paul says, don't then put yourselves back in that position. He says, and in Galatians, it talks about it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. You have a choice. You can live that new life. But so often, we put ourselves back. We offer ourselves to the power of sin and death when Jesus wants to live, us to live in freedom. And he wants us to live in the fullness that he has for us. Not collecting these things that we do wrong. And don't get me wrong. Repentance of sins, the things we do, is important. But the bigger thing is that we need to be free from the power of sin. And I wonder this morning, you might be here, and you might have been a Christian a long time, never really understood, God, you've set me free. You might be hearing this for the first time and realize, Jesus, I need that freedom. I want to walk in the fullness of the life that you intended me to live. So it reframes the story of Israel. That's why it matters, because Jesus is the Messiah. It reframes freedom. Because we realize that Jesus has set us free from the power of sin. We don't have to keep going back. You know, I've just um, got this uh, laptop that I use for work. And I keep using, um, uh, well, like most people will, I use Word. One of the things that I find really frustrating, though, uh, and I don't know if you've come across this, and maybe if you're techie, you might be able to tell me exactly. Now, I feel I'm pretty good with computers, by the way. Um, But... I have this thing where the default language is set to US. And then it underlines, because, you know, I'd, color should be spelt with a U, shouldn't it? Savior should be spelt with a U, and uh, recognize should be spelt with an S, not a Z, and things like this. Um, this is pedantic, I am. Anyway, so I click English, UK, set as default. Done. Save, yes. Two seconds later, underlining words. Set default, US. Why has he gone back to US? We're UK. UK, set as default. Type. Why does it keep going back? I don't know. Someone's going to tell me this is what you need to do. I'm saving the default, by the way. All right? This is what we do in life. Jesus changed our default. When we became a Christian, everything was changed. We were set free from the power of sin. But sometimes we just keep switching back to those old ways, to those old habits, to those old patterns of behavior. When Jesus set us free for freedom. That actually, click, default, new creation. Actually, things are different. So we've got to stop going back to the default, to the old patterns. And let me tell you, there's hope here today. Maybe there's things that you say, I need to break free. And we can keep coming and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry I've done it again. Jesus, I'm sorry I've done it again. Or we can have the breakthrough of saying, Jesus, break me free from the power of sin. This thing that's been holding me for years, break me free from it. But we also have to, as part of that discipleship, say, God, I'm pursuing that life of righteousness. I'm pursuing, I'm not offering myself again, but I'm going to pursue all that you have for me. So Jesus is risen. We live in resurrection. 
And because we live in this new time now where Jesus came, it reframes the future as well. Because what people were expecting, what Jews were expecting God to do at the end of time, he did in Jesus in the middle of time. They weren't expecting a Messiah to come and be crucified and rise from the dead and start this resurrection life now. They were expecting it to happen in the future and then we'll all be in God's glorious kingdom. But now Jesus has done it here. And so we as Christians, we live in this weird tension, this overlap of this period where we're longing for the future. We'll hear about that next week. But we live in the present. And as we live in this new life, we're thinking about the future. The future has now begun because we get to have a foretaste of all that we hope for in the future. Amen? You get to live in that fullness that God has promised us at the end of time, but we get to experience it now. But God wants us to live as his people here, bringing his life and his experience of his kingdom to people in this world. Because Jesus didn't just die and then rise again, but he rose and ascended to the Father. And because he has ascended to the Father, he is enthroned. And we have a king who is Jesus, who will one day return. But right now we live under that lordship. We live in that life of saying, Jesus, I want to serve you and follow you. Not just because I want you to, to take my sins and I feel really guilty about that. But because as I've been saying, we want to live in the fullness of all that God has for us. And I wonder, are we doing that this morning? Or are we holding back things in our life from God, saying, God, you can have this, but you can't have that. You can have, you can have a say in this, but you're not speaking into that. I want this for myself. Or are we saying, God, I want you to come and reign in all areas of my life. God, I want to open up this part. I want to open up this thing. I want to offer it all to you. And when we do that, we get to experience God coming changing and transforming our lives because we've reframed the future we've got something that we long for we've got something that we hope for and it matters not just for us but for the people that we meet because we are bringing light and life to the world around us by showing Jesus has risen and we proclaim that here but you know what tomorrow we take that life with us and we live as lights in the darkness. We live as God's new creation to show other people, hey, you can have this too. You can have this too. And we want that for what we are doing here, for the things that we do as new life. But for the Christians around this country, around the world to say, we want you to live in the fullness. We want people to know all that God has for you. It reframes the story of Israel. It reframes freedom. And it reframes the future. Thanks for listening to this message from New Life in North Lincolnshire. To find out more, do visit us online at newlifechurch.uk. Or why not pay us a visit? We'd love to see you.